Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, and in this Simply Happy Conversation, I'm talking with Lou from One Day PA, an organizing expert helping busy women to get stuff done. She also has a second business that was born from One Day PA called Pre-Love Geelong. It's a clothing store that sells items, high-end fashion items on consignment for you. Lou shares ideas to help you declutter and organize your wardrobe, and we also discuss the impact of discarding our unwanted clothing to the environment. This conversation is a video recording that you can watch on YouTube. Let's jump into this Simply Happy guest conversation. Welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, wellness and organizational coach and yin and nidra yoga instructor. This podcast will help you create more time using organizational strategies so that you can start to simplify your life and prioritize your health. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organizational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and prioritize your health. So today on Simply Happy Conversations, I have with me Lou from One Day PA. She's an organizing expert. She actually has a team of organizing experts who help busy women get things done. Welcome, Lou. Thank you. So nice to be here. Oh, it's so nice to have you to have a chat and um, <laughs> talk about we've already started. So <laughs> we know exactly where we're going. But maybe tell me about things you like to do in your free time. My free time. Well, I have two children, youngish children. Um, it's still in primary school. So my free time, I actually really enjoy being a, a mum and like doing all the mum things. So they they started sport. My son started playing football this year. So Saturdays are spent in the freezing cold in winter watching him play footy, which, like, had you told me a year ago that I would be loving being a footy mum, I'd <laughs> tell you you're crazy, but um, I love it. Yeah, so I would say just being a mum and, and doing family things is, is really enjoyable for me, and that obviously that includes, you know, going out on adventures and whatever, but, yeah, I, I enjoy the quiet life these days now. And is it more like, because are you pretty much working full-time five days a week, would you say? I'd say six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've um I've just over the last couple of months initiated Mondays off. Mm-hmm. Um it's something I've strived for for probably four years. I've actually been saying for four years um that I'm gonna take every Monday off and I just have never actually done it. But now I'm I'm in a fortunate position having a team that are sort of running the business. Um that I can have Mondays off, but I do, I would say I'd work across six days. Mondays are 100% no work, like don't call mm. me, don't do emails, um, I don't do any work, but, some, you know, being a business owner, you, you kind of work every day. Um, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but when I say I work, I'm not working, you know, 12-hour days. Yeah, um, yeah. But I'm definitely still switched on six days, yeah. Yeah. So then tell us about the business and why you started One Day EPA. Yeah, so... Um, I started one day PA, it was six and a half years ago that the business actually launched, but it, I, I was researching for a good year before that, being a planner and an organised person, I definitely didn't sort of go, I'm just going to open a business and, and that was it. So it was born out of, I guess, a desire to help, like you said in the intro, um, busy women get stuff done. Um, at the time of my research, I had my eldest, who's now eldest son, Angus, he was two, and I was pregnant with my daughter and I was having a chat with my girlfriends who were saying, how like, so we all worked, we all worked full time and we were talking about how we just, it was a conversation about getting our cars serviced and we were like, 
we just don't seem to get these things done, you know. And at the time I worked in um, a role where I was a support person for an executive and I did a lot of her kind of personal stuff, I guess. And I was like, we just need, like, PA. It's like someone that we can just call in our personal life because, you know, you can't afford to have a full-time PA. And I kind of went, surely there's something in that. Like, surely there's a business where someone could just call you and get you to do an errand for you. So I, I that, like, turned into a year of research and it turns out there is a business and it's called a personal concierge. So the business started as that errand running kind of one-day PA, just call us up and, and get the one thing done or a couple of things. But what I found very quickly was that people really needed help in their homes and sorting out clutter or, like, sort of setting up systems in you know, their wardrobes or pantries or whatever. And as a naturally organised person, someone who really loves systems and processes, I found it quite natural to be able to go into these people's homes and do that. So then the business called it sort of evolved into this professional organising business, which, to be honest, I never even knew that that was a thing. Like I, I still kind of go, I can't believe that like the things that come naturally to me and my team is a thing. Like it's an actual profession, you know, there's people all over the world doing it. There's people all over Australia like you and I doing it. So, yeah, I guess organically the business turned into what is now um, a solely professional organising business. So we help businesses and, and um, domestic households declutter, organise, set up systems and all of those sorts of things. And so what is your favourite? Because there's lots of different things that you what? do. But, yeah. <laughs> but then what are the sort of the favourite areas? Because I do refer a lot of people to you. Um, <laughs> if they ask me for a lovely pantry, I'm like, I'm not doing that. You need blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, honestly, when people ask me this question, I'm like, it's like choosing your favourite child because I do yeah. love all of it. But I would say top two would be um, pantry and wardrobe. So I have a background. I worked for quite a number of years for a global fast fashion company and was horrified and shocked, to say the least, at not just the amount of textile waste but the very, very low cost to make a garment. and. So that passion to kind of drive a bit of change around how people shop, purchasing with purpose, you know, having things in wardrobe that you can have a, a long time, not just on trend. Yeah, I, wardrobes would probably be up there with, with my favourite thing to be able to help people not just organise but maintain and shop, like I said, shop for things that fit them, that they feel amazing in and that they're going to wear for years and years and years if not decades and hands on to their children oh well wouldn't that be amazing <laughs> well I was like I as a teenager would rummage through my mum's yeah. wardrobe and get these like this leather belt that I wore and I think I've actually still got it it's tiny it wouldn't even go around my arm now but like it was still in pristine condition because everything was made so mm. well and there's still obviously brands and, and whatever out there now that make very well-made clothes, but it, there's few. it's few and far between. Yeah, definitely. I know I've still got all the dresses. Was that maybe before my daughter was born? I had like 10 weddings in one year. Oh, and wow. 
I had a few, I think I had four dresses and I used them for the 10 weddings, but I still have them because they cost a lot of money and I think they're all beautiful. They do not fit me at all now after children, (laughs) but they're still there. And I'm like, maybe one day my daughter. So yeah, it's the only thing in my wardrobe that I've kept for a very long time that doesn't fit, but I'm like, they're just so beautiful that maybe one day she might, she might wear them. But if not, once she's passed, I'll be like, okay, they can move on now. Yeah, yeah. A few more years with them. (laughs) Yeah, good. (laughs) So then tell us, because you also have two businesses, really, don't you? I do, yeah. Yeah. So tell us about the other business as well. Yeah, so the other business. And how it came about, maybe. (laughs) So it's called Pre-Love Geelong, and it was always very little sister to One Day PA. So in the very early days of One Day PA, decluttering clients' wardrobes and the clients would be like, oh, I don't know what to do with this stuff. And I'm talking like beautiful, mm. high-cost items of clothing that you're not going to send to a um, charity store. Um, they don't have the time to sell them on, you know, the various platforms. So they're like, can you sell them? So, yeah. Years. I, I'm a very savvy shopper. I don't like paying retail and I love buying pre luxe So I was like, yeah, I can, I've got an eBay page. I know Facebook. I can do it for you. Very quickly, like I'm talking two or three months, this became a thing. Like people were referring us yeah. to their friends and I was getting calls saying, oh, I got told that you sell clothes on consignment. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I do. You know, infancy business and you're like, I'll just do anything. So that became a thing. So then I kind of ended up having my son's wardrobe, my daughter's wardrobe full of these clothes that, I quickly did not have time to list on the platforms I said I was going to do. So I was like, oh, let's do a pop-up sale. So I hired a cafe and we set up for a day and we sold. It was like 80% of the stock sold. And I'm like, wow, that was huge. So that was five years ago. So since then we were doing pop-up sales every quarter. So we'd move all of the um, pre-loved clothes into you know, a hall or whatever it was for a weekend and we'd we'd sell people's pre-loved items and then we'd pack it all down and do it all again in a couple of months. COVID hit, we weren't allowed to do events. We couldn't do pop-up sales. So what do we do? Literally, we got shut down the weekend of doing a sale. So I had hundreds of items of clothing that I couldn't get back to the people because no one was allowed to go anywhere. Mm. Um, So we moved it online. So I always had an Instagram page. So we went, you know what, let's just do online pop-up sales so we started selling by instagram stories and that kind of ticked over for the you know, two years that we were sort of in and out of lockdowns and at the end of the last year i bit the bullet and went let's just open a shop a dedicated bricks and mortar store and that's where i'm sitting right now so i'm in the stock room right now <laughs> so it's been eight nine months and the shop is going amazing we've recirculated over five thousand pieces of clothing wow. you know paid out lot of money to a lot of people who otherwise may have thrown their clothing in the bin or sent oh you know sent it to charity which is fine so yeah so that little sister business has now become an entire it's a company now in its own right oh it gives me goosebumps especially being an organizer going into people's houses and seeing the amounts of clothing that can be taken away yeah. It's just so lovely to know that that piece of item has now gone on and someone else is loving it 
What I found, and you might have found this too, is the process of helping someone declutter their wardrobe and talk about what's in there mm. and why, you know, we're, we're pulling things out that, that have tags on them that this person's yeah. like, you have know, online because it looked really good on the model and having conversations with them around, well, like go into the shops and shop and try things on, like don't have to buy things online. And, and by the end of the session or two sessions, whatever it is, their mindset has actually shifted. Yeah. I get messages even now from people who follow our, you know, pre-loved um, store and they're like, my wardrobe still looks the same as it looked when you came because I don't have those terrible shopping habits anymore. Like I'm not a stylist. I, I, I absolutely, like, don't know that much about style. I just dress for how I feel and what yeah. I feel good in. And that's what I feel like we help our clients with. It's like don't have to follow trends. You just, you need to buy things that fit you that make you feel really good and make you smile and if your wardrobe's not doing that then like let's whip it back into shape so that's a, a really important piece too it's not just like removing stuff so that they can refill it it's yeah. actually creating that change within their mindset around how they're shopping and and what they're doing with things that they're buying yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, completely agree with that. It's around that mindset. And then also being able to let it go because sometimes when they've paid a lot of money, yeah. it's like holding, like I mean, even myself, I just said about the dresses, holding on to it, but it's just sitting there taking up space in their wardrobe, yeah. whereas they could be like taking it to you or other places within their area that can sell it and then use that money to go and buy something that actually fits and suits yeah. them really well as well. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Right. So then, what are your top tips around if people wanted to declutter their wardrobe? What are your top tips around helping them do that? So yeah, so I would just remove every single thing and put it on the bed. It yeah. sounds chaotic, and it is chaotic, but it's the only way to do it. So you literally remove every single item from your wardrobe, put it on the bed in big piles, and then you want to set up three zones, three or four. So the main ones being keep donate or bin or so donate repair bin which ideally the bin pile is like nothing but if something's completely irreparable or whatever um, bin and then I also we do a maybe pile because when you're Mm. doing the process people are like ah but I might so okay go in the maybe pile because we're making quick decisions right it's not like the first initial part of it is quick what's your first response to that jumper I want it. Okay. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Put it in the in the maybe pile. And then if you need to try things on, obviously try it on. Now, how you set your wardrobe up is completely different for everybody. Mm. I personally like to just do categories. So I've got all my t-shirts and then jumpers, dresses in one spot, pants and skirts in another. Um, but everyone's different. Some people want us to do it by colour. Yeah. Um, some people like everything folded. I personally don't like folding anything because I'm I just like doing things quickly, so I hang. And, yeah, really just keeping things in there that that you love and that you know that you're going to wear. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love the maybe pile, so I worked with someone this week and she was like, but we're not getting rid of it. And I was like, no, we'll put it in a box and we'll <laughs> revisit it so it's in the shed yeah. at the moment in her house in a box. Yeah. So I didn't actually physically take anything yet, but the process is it's not in her wardrobe and there's more space. Yeah. And also we took out her summer clothes because that was taking up space yeah. as well and we put that in a box just to create a little bit more space a little bit more space yeah. yeah yeah and then you know it's a slow process for some people it's really slow isn't it it's yeah it that- can be like we've done um 
wardrobes that it's just a day. It's really really quick, great decisions. And then sometimes it's like a number of sessions and there's tears and there's overwhelm, which is fine. Like it's really personal letting somebody into your wardrobe and Mm. showing them like your style and showing. And and from a lot of people we work with, it's weight gain or lifestyle changes that have gotten them to the point where their wardrobes are overflowing and they have a lot of stuff in there they don't wear. And that's really confronting. But, mm. you know, let's move forward and dress for yourself and the size you are now. And and if you lose weight and when you do lose that weight, go and treat yourself and buy yourself something that fits. Don't hold on to that size dress that you wore 10 years ago that's making you feel like crap because you can't fit into it. Definitely. And I don't know, fashion changes as well. And why yeah. not score yourself and buy something yeah. that you absolutely love that suits love. you in your new in your new whatever body shape and size it is yeah Definitely. And I, well like I don't I don't wear anything close to what I wore 10 years ago and 20 years ago like as we get older where our taste changes and our colors change and yeah oh yeah so have you ever had your colors done I haven't I've heard oh. a lot about this whole colors yes. thing I haven't I no, I haven't. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. there's ones online. So I did mine through the Color Guru, okay. and I highly recommend. She's there in America, and you send ten photos of yourself, not like professional photos, like daylight out there or a selfie in the car type photo, and you say your hair color and eye color and skin color and different types of the year, and then they give you a little card and you can use it to shop and it's amazing like in particular when I've gone into your shop I've got my card out and I'm like yeah. scanning basically for the color and the size so I just go to the size and yeah. then I look for the colors and then I'll look at the style next um, and do you feel like they nailed it like do you go yeah, they're yeah like- definitely so they've got 12 palettes of colors and you'll get be matched with one of those 12 um, groups of colours. So there's lots lots of colours that you get to choose from. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. I love and that. Oh, and when you said you go straight to the size of clothes, like size doesn't even exist really. No, true. <laughs> like our shop here, so we do have it sorted by size order. But if someone walks in the door, we literally say to them, you need to shop from start to the end because mm. you anywhere in between like there's no actually no proper standardized standardized sizing in Australia or in the yeah. world yes yeah. because it is sometimes yeah some things it's like this size and this size yeah in different brands isn't it yeah so yeah. don't like be a victim to oh my god I'm a 14 in this because it literally means nothing And then I would even say, like, if you've got some clothes from a couple of years ago in the store, do you find that that changes too? Like the, you know, five years ago, Country Road, for example, size extra small is not their extra small size now. Correct. Absolutely correct. So we kind of try and stick with our store in particular to styles that are only about three years old. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, absolutely, yeah, the the Country Road sizing is a good one to point out because their sizing now is quite... Big generous, enough, yeah. Generous, yeah. Um, which is, yeah. So it's it's really confusing. Yeah, and so then maybe talk about then fast fashion. So this whole idea around you want me to get started. I know we're opening a can of worms. I know, but it's really important because it's having these conversations. Then other people around us. I have this conversation with my daughter all the time at the moment around. Yeah, you've got these items for fifty cents or a dollar. But 
you wear that once and then what happens? You don't want it anymore. You don't like it. So what about we spend more on something that you actually really love rather than getting something that's cheap plus what it's made of as well. And and the implications on the other side of the world to getting that piece for a dollar, like who, yeah, that, that dollar item that you've paid for, the landing cost of that, like getting it, having it produced, getting it to Australia, having someone tag, like all of that, the landing cost of that would be so minimal that how much was the person getting paid to make it, you know? Mm. Um, and look, I want to say straight up I have nothing against what people wear I don't but fashion clothing needs to be accessible for everybody at whatever price point they're at but if you have the means to not buy something for a dollar please don't like don't support that industry it is the I want to say the second biggest polluter on Mm. the planet textile waste is the second biggest polluter on the planet like they send shiploads overseas and they burn it like they Mm. burn all the clothes that we throw in the bin and burning all those clothes, you know what most of those clothes are made of? Plastic. Plastic. It's, it's fake. It's not that they're not natural fibres that most of these clothes are made from, and that's why they can make them so cheap. So we spoke before about mindset. So like that mindset around, well, I bought this dress for $5, so it doesn't matter if I wear it once and then just throw it away, you know. Well, it does matter mm. because there's implications from the start of the process of having that dress made to the end of it like where does that dress end up when you put it in the bin well it ends up on the burn pile which is then you know all the effects on the environment and all of that so I don't care if people need to buy fast fashion because that's all they can afford that's fine I do care when people have the mindset of what's cheap so it doesn't matter Mm. yeah it, it actually really does matter so if you have the means to say buy a beautiful coat that's a couple of hundred dollars that you're going to have for 20 years, 10 years, whatever it is, versus the $15 coat that you go, oh, I'll just wear it this season and then I'll chuck it in the burn pile and get a new one next season. Like we just, we've got to stop doing it. Oh, I love that. that. The burn pile, that really makes you then think about it, doesn't it? That mindset about where is this going to? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it does. It goes to third world countries and it gets burnt or mm. like it pollutes their country. Like it's just... Yeah, when you dig deep into it, we could talk for hours about this, but mm. when, you, when you actually dig deep into the industry, the fashion industry, that's pretty bad. It's mm. pretty, pretty bad. And it's uh, and it's just wet, um, making people aware. Like, you know, my daughter, 13-year-old, yeah. had no idea until I started sharing these things with her that it's just to open her mind up because to her it was like, oh, it's just it's just fashion and I can get no. this, I, yeah. you know, for us at that time, at that age, it cost a fortune for us to buy a top or a T-shirt. You know, nothing nothing was cheap back then. No, and, um, yeah, I remember, you know, growing up as a teenager and buying, like, I remember a coat that I bought and I feel, oh, I can't remember exactly, it was a lot. I'm yeah. not talking hundreds, but it was a lot for me. And I had it for, like, over 10 years because my husband so much money on that coat. It might have been maybe $70 or something. Yeah. And I was about 22. It was this beautiful green coat. And the only reason I got rid of it is because it got this massive rip down at one night when I was out. But, yeah, that's just, I don't know, it it doesn't seem to be the way a lot of people shop now and, and whether social media has an impact on that with people doing these big sheen hauls. Do you know what a sheen yes. hauls? Yes, yes. Do you want to talk a little bit more about it? <laughs> so 
So for those who don't know, Sheen or Shine, I don't know exactly how you say it, is a is a fast fashion um, brand or, or manufacturer and they manufacture very, very, very cheap clothes. Now, a Sheen haul is where somebody will just order a monumental amount of clothing from Sheen because they're so cheap, so they might spend 100 bucks and they'll get their box of clothes and then they open the box on social media and show everybody, look at my Sheen haul, look how much I got. Now, the reality being they get sent that stuff from Sheen mm. to do these things and they probably don't wear any of it. So then it goes on the burn pile and it's just like this cycle of, of using and abusing clothes. Like mm. it means nothing. Yeah. yeah. So we just got to, yeah, change our mindset around how we're consuming fashion mm. and why we're consuming it. Like are you buying it just because you can or you're buying it because you actually really, really, really need it. Yeah, I think that's the other thing. The price has come down so much that people are like, oh, I can just go to Kmart and buy, you know, another jumper because I've forgotten it or I lost it or whatever yeah. rather than taking that responsibility because things are so much cheaper yeah. than what they yeah. were 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah it's pretty bad. I, there's a statistic and I, I think it was from 2019, so it would be high and I reckon it would be high mm. now, maybe 2017. Australians, just this is just Aussies, we consume 27 kilos of textiles a year, right? So that's your know, socks, jocks, clothes, whatever it is, textiles. We dispose of 23 of those 27 each wow. year. Like that's enormous. That's huge. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We're buying stuff just to get rid of it. Yeah. What a waste. What a waste of money. Go on a holiday. Yes. It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, when you get those statistics, oh, I can't think of the name of the brand now, the name of the company. It's the socks and underwear. I will put it in the show notes. Oh, apparel. Yes, yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. They have some great statistics and doing some amazing things. Like yeah. we've definitely we've sent our socks back to them numerous times at the end of every school year. It's like bag There's up. There's also an awesome um, Instagram page that I follow and I love called the Sustainable Fashion Forum. So okay. I think they're American-based. But, like, their stats and all of the info they put out there is very, like, global. Um, awesome one to follow as well. Just to research, give yourself mm. some knowledge around it. Again, not saying don't consume fast fashion at all, but be wise about it. Like, yeah. just think about do you actually need that $5 top or whatever it is? Or are you only buying it because it's $5? Oh, and then it's like the op shops. Like obviously I drop a lot off there. I will go in and have a quick look, but there's so much in there. There's some fantastic bargains that you can get from an op but shop. Yeah. yeah, but again, even like the op shops are so overwhelmed with the amount of things that they're getting. Mm. It goes A lot of it goes to landfill because they actually they do not have the time or the, the space to be able to put everything on the floor. So when they do their picking and whatever, a lot of it yes. goes back to the Yes, so we don't want to be dropping our things there, but we want to be going there and consuming and buying from our yeah, op shops rather than going. Yes, that's, recirculating definitely. That's, that's what we do here at Free Love. It's it's about recirculating things back into the community, and and we have people come in and buy a dress right for a wedding, and then we'll see them in here after the wedding. They're like, okay, it's time to sell it now. Somebody else can love it because I know I'm not going to wear it again. That's yeah, awesome. That, I love that's that. Amazing. That's amazing. Cool. Yeah, that's and someone else gets to use it, isn't it? Yeah, and gets a bargain, and you know. Most of the time they're going to events and nobody else is wearing it because it's not that on-trend item that everybody's mm. like, gone out and bought. Yeah, that's a great tip too. Yeah. I'll 
Thank you so much, Lou, for your time. How can people connect with you then? So with One Day PA, look, Instagram is pretty much our jam. Um, So the Instagram page for One Day PA is one underscore day underscore PA. And then pre-loved Geelong, again, pre underscore loved underscore Geelong. Um, We have websites for both as well. And so with pre-loved Geelong, do you take items from everywhere in Australia if people were to ship it to you or send it to you? Yeah. Sydney, um, we've got quite a good following in Canberra. So, yeah, if they want to um, send us some stuff, we just ask for people to send us photos first so that we can um, do that initial assessment and then, yeah, we can get, get them to send them to us and we can sell them for them. And then people can buy it online from you as well? Correct, yes. Yeah. So yes. we do have an online store. Um, to be honest, it's not great yet. <laughs> um, but we do a lot of Instagram stories. Mm. Sales. So, um, yeah, if they follow our Instagram page, then they'll be able to buy direct from us. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thanks for asking me to join you. Oh, that's all right. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining me for today's Simply Happy Conversation. If you'd like to reduce your paper and digital clutter and free yourself from the overwhelm of clutter so that you can claim back time and space to enjoy the things you love, head over to simplyhappy.com.au in the resource section and grab the declutter checklist and start to reduce your clutter even with small amounts of time. Mm-hmm.